And welcome to Land Parties, episode 141 from the Las Vegas Review Journal, brought to you by Blue Wire. I am your host, Ryan Smith, and with me as always, my fantastic and fabulous co-host, Lucas Egan. Lucas, how have you been, my friend? How was your weekend, brother? My weekend was good. It was uh, kind of a, a double up here. The Packers won and yeah. Team Gear in the first Splatfest for Splatoon 3 won, which I was a part of. Uh, so nice. I admittedly played probably a small part. I wasn't on very many good teams, but we tried our best and we contributed some. <laughs> so no, it was a really fun weekend and just, just ready to celebrate The Last of Us Day on the day of this recording. How was your weekend, yes. Ryan? It was good. It was good. I, I actually got some solid gaming in. Uh, I've been it was like the weekend of open betas for me. So I was playing Modern Warfare 2, which I did go ahead and pre-order. Uh, it feels good. I, I really like how it plays. So uh, I didn't think I was going to go back to this to the Call of Duty uh, series. And um, I don't know, Modern Warfare 2. I was like, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and make this uh, jump into it. But the big game that I wasn't expecting and I, I got the I actually streamed it a bit here uh over the week was uh, dragon ball the breakers which is an asymmetrical 7v1 game uh very similar to like our dvd or evil dead the game and i had an absolute blast playing this i didn't really know much about it so when i jumped in i kind of jumped in blind uh quick tutorial and then i i just had an absolute you could see me getting killed here uh in this video is terrifying but <laughs> overall it was a, it was a fantastic weekend uh lots of gaming lots of chilling a little bit of cleaning uh no complaints on that end however enough about us i i want to introduce our guest we've got joining us today elijah montoya the lead recruiter for iron galaxy studios and a member of latin x gaming elijah thank you so much for joining us how was your weekend my friend it was a delightful weekend i've been on the road the last four weeks new york seattle kentucky oh wow nashville it's been a lot so uh, i haven't been able to game as much as i've wanted but it's that thing where it's just like hey where can i fit in an episode of rings of power how can i watch <laughs> she hulk before i'm on this plane you know what i'm saying it's all that <laughs> exactly. so uh I i'm caught up and or house of the dragon you know gotta gotta stay up on the old uh the, the, the pop culture but haven't had as much time to game lately, but I still get my little Destiny fix in here or there. I wish it was still on uh, the xCloud. It's not anymore. My heart's broken because I can't oh. just play it on my phone. Yeah, that's funny. I'm I'm also a Destiny player. I absolutely love it. I didn't get, I didn't even like. That's how you know. Like usually, I'm and I played earlier in the week, but I didn't play it at all this weekend. I I was I was mainly on Modern Warfare and the Breakers. But uh, yeah, I'm still. I I haven't even started uh, the Rings of Power yet. I'm behind on House of Dragons. I think I'm an episode behind on She Hulk. It's like I need to do some work. But I did start the Jeffrey Dahmer uh, uh, show on Netflix, which is that show was absolutely. It's incredible. It's insane. It is absolutely insane. But I'm glad you had a good weekend. Uh, before we get down to talking about what you guys have going on in Latinx and gaming, uh, first we got some news. Lucas, why don't you lay it on us, brother? Yeah, so we're going to start with uh, one of my favorite series of all time. Uh, so Monday... Today, when we're recording, uh, is The Last of Us Day, and we got our first official trailer to the HBO series. And you know what? I am digging this. I like the vibe. I like the tone. And Ryan, I am just so pumped for this series. I know it doesn't come out till next year. Uh, I, I, 
I hope it's sooner rather than later next year, but I kind of doubt that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> look, The Last of Us, uh, one of my favorite games of all time. I think this series is amazing. Uh, I've said this multiple times. The Last of Us is one of those games that I point people towards when they say, oh, can video games really be a powerful storytelling medium? Uh, just that that this whole series, I think, is a shining example of what storytelling can be like in gaming. And I just hope that this adaptation lives up to that legacy. Uh, they've got a lot of great source material to work with. Uh, it's always promising when uh, Neil Druckmann is, is involved, who created The Last of Us. So that's, mm-hmm. that's always a big sign. And uh, I think so far, I, I've not seen anything that makes me worried, which uh, is probably more as the best I could ask for right now. Super pumped for this. Yeah, the production value on this alone, you know, they've they've definitely you can see that they've definitely invested in this. They've got some solid actors uh that'll that'll be a part of the series. I know the the young lady, uh I remember her from Game of Thrones. Obviously, we know uh uh what's that dude's name? Um Pedro. Yes, yes, pay Pe- yeah, thank you. Uh, we know, you know, he he's a fantastic actor as well. So I, I'm really pumped to to see this again. This is one that I'm like, please, please let this be good. It's got to because the games are so good. So and like you're saying, the source material is there, but I feel like there's a a, a lot of avenues and different routes that they could take and explore uh, within the show. So and I'm glad that this is a show and not a movie. That way we're gonna have that proper character development things hopefully don't feel rushed and i'm just curious to see what they do with this but i think i mean of of and we've been seeing more and more video game adaptions into films into tv series we know there's more coming i know there's whisperings and rumbles of a destiny show as well which i will i oh i hope that that is real um i think this is the future you know, for gaming and and cinema and film, you know, we're not getting those hokey Mario Brother movies or anything like that anymore. You know, they really, really, I, I feel like put some serious thought and effort into these adaptions now. And I'm loving the direction that they're going with this. This is a, a day one. I'll be following week by week as this goes for me, uh, for sure. What about you, Elijah? Is this, is this, are you guys, are you interested in this? How's this look for you? Well, I got to first say happy Hispanic heritage month to me, Pedro Pascal yes. shining in a lead role on HBO here. Uh, I'm a huge last of us, uh, fan. In fact, if the aliens came down and they were like, Hello, Elijah. What is a video game? I'd go to the gaming Guggenheim and I would show them Mario Brothers and then I would show them The Last of Us Parts 1 and 2 because they are incredible games, kind of the top of the medium in my, uh, you know, recollection. I mean, there's other games that I like more, but just as the medium and it being pushed forward, just the cinematics, the action, the storytelling, the gutting, gutting, emotional, like just things that are on the screen. Um, It's so interesting because with games, I think that you have a little more agency over them, right? You feel a little more maybe invested in the story than maybe some television shows or movies, even if you're with those for 10 years, right? Like with Mm -hmm. Lost or with Game of Thrones, how many years, right? But um, ultimately with these games, you have to do the terrible things in some cases. So (laughs) I remember with Last of Us 2, there were times where I had to like go outside and take a walk because what I had just seen was just like too much. And like, I don't do that oftentimes with movies or with television. I mean, I will say when I saw everything everywhere all at once, it was one of those things where I had to sit there in the theater and silence for a while. Cause just like, wow, what a film. But yeah, like it's those moments that I think that we're chasing where you're just like, holy cow. Like you just feel it so much 
as a human and you're empathizing and all of that. So this last of a show, it looks uh, absolutely incredible uh, to me. I can't wait to see what they do with a uh, little Liana Mormont there and my guy yeah. uh, Oberyn Martell. Like it's two Game of Thrones actors <laughs> coming in. I love that. Um, but also I will say, how dare you besmirch the uh, OG uh, Mario movies, the, the corny goofy <laughs> ones, especially during Hispanic Heritage Month. John Leguizamo is a saint as Luigi. How dare you, sir? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, and, and let me be clear. Let me be clear. The thing that I that I have a problem with with that movie is Dennis Hopper being King Koopa. Come on, man. Come on, man. Everything else was so was classic. The Goombas, so amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think this is going to be. I mean, I, I you know not only that, but I I really feel that this this show is also going to open up the world to folks that aren't necessarily or wouldn't consider consider themselves gamers. Uh, may especially after watching this show, we're seeing it with uh cyberpunk now, uh cyberpunk edge runners, which I just finished that. That was really really good. Um, you know now all of a sudden they're having a, a big uptick in their player base because folks are getting out and saying, oh. I really enjoyed the show. Let's check out what the game's about. And and that game and and the show, you know, they they mirror each other. So you're getting that experience. And if you're able to get into the show, it may get people to say, "Oh, we have this. Let's let's check this game out and see what it's all about." So I, I think this is huge. Again, I you know this is this comes off the back of them doing uh, this remake of um, or remaster of. Um, the last of us part one that just came out. So we had talked about that, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, a few episodes ago and just how we aren't necessarily the target demographic. Uh, you know, I, I'll wait. That's something that I'll wait for. I didn't have to get it at $70. Uh, but I know that there are people that will, that haven't had a chance to play that first game yet that went out and got the, the first one that's going to be optimized or that's optimized for uh, the next-gen consoles and all that stuff. So this is going to be huge. I, I have a feeling this is going to be huge, not only for, uh, not only cinematically, but also for the game and and building in and growing an audience for them to go in and see this. And this is, like you guys are saying, the one of those games is like, if I have a game that somebody said, what game should I play? The Last of Us, The Last of Us 2 would be two of the games I'd say this is an absolute must play those games. Yeah, you know, and I also was thinking about this and, and the importance of having this adaptation on HBO. Uh, obviously, we've seen huge uh, game adaptations lately with like The Witcher and everything, uh, Halo over on Paramount. Uh, but you know, HBO still has that kind of prestige to it. Uh, their projects are, are generally almost always well regarded uh and oftentimes are huge uh, ratings wise so just the fact that this adaptation is going to be on hbo and it's it's got a little bit of that extra oomph behind it because people associate hbo with quality a lot of times i think is also important mm -hmm. uh that can help maybe drive the overall quality of future adaptations forward is, is what i'm hoping do you think have they said anything about like a rating for this because on hbo too they don't they're not restricted by language barrier or anything like that uh even the gore i mean because the game there's some there's some fairly gory moments so i'm wondering how much of that kind of stuff is gonna make it over to the actual series or if they're gonna keep it a little more friendly just to keep that audience um bigger i i, I haven't really heard anything uh in terms of that have you 
No, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine that you would tone it down much. Uh, I think uh, shows like Game of Thrones will will kind of show people's appetite for uh, adult content. I guess I don't know how mm-hmm. to describe that. Uh, is mature content <laughs> for blood? Uh, for is, blood, right? Exactly. <laughs> that that they can uh, they can take a lot. So uh, I would I would imagine this is going to be a very uh, uh, gritty adaptation that's going to have a lot of gore in it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for this. And we just so we don't even know yet. We just know what's coming out next year. They haven't had an official date uh, as to when it'll be coming out. So uh, it'll be interesting to see when they drop it, too. Um, If it's a if it's something that's released, maybe during the summer or possibly my guess would be that maybe they'll be looking to target the fall. I guess it would make easy marketing if they released the first episode uh today next year on the last of us day right oh that's true that is true i can't oh. wait that long no thanks no thanks. i know i know i, know. I, know. I, I, I need it now <laughs> <laughs> this is good stuff definitely definitely we'll be talking about this more as we get closer to it and and when it comes out so we'll let you guys know uh switching gears real quick though we got an official date uh, or dates, I'm sorry, for E3 uh, next year. It is, as we know, it's a a summer uh, gig. And I, I like how they have this broken up. Again, we know that Reed Pop, they're partnering up with Reed Pop. They do things like New York Comic Con, uh, pa- uh, uh, PAX conventions. So, like, they know how to put on a good convention. We were saying it, too, like, I remember here uh, episodes ago, we were like, man, is this the end of E3? Is it even necessary anymore? And and after this past year, at least for me, uh, there wasn't really anything that that replaced it. I mean, we had the the Summer Game Awards uh, that, that you know, uh, or, or Summer Game Fest, I'm sorry, that extends over multiple months. But like just having this one drop uh, and, and this is going to be starting on the, uh, what is it? The, okay. The business days is the 13th through the 15th. And then it's open to the public, the 15th and the 16th. And I absolutely love that because again, part of it is, is that having that industry, you know, this is an industry, uh, showcase and be able to get in. So having those business days, I feel is important. I feel like this is kind of like their compromise so that you're not just, it's not just open to the public, Throughout the entirety, you actually have those uh, business days where you're going to be able to set up meetings with people and and have one on one conversations, not have to worry about like crazy lines and stuff like that. So you'll have the industry people that will come in and then the last couple of days you'll be able to bring in the uh, the general public so that everybody will be able be able to enjoy the show and whatnot. And, And I love the fact that they're going this route. I'm really excited to see what they have in store. I feel that especially with with read pop being behind it that they're going to come out strong and hard and i'm really pumped to see what they have for us because the absence of e3 this this year uh was definitely felt on my end what are your thoughts lucas yeah i'm really glad that they're splitting uh a little bit of the time between uh industry professionals and the public uh, I'm, I'm sure that will save a lot of stress for everybody. Uh, so, uh, you know, with an event as massive as E3, it will be nice. Uh, you know, if like if we go cover this, Ryan, it'll be nice to have a couple days to get some content ready uh, and have that time uh, to to schedule interviews, book meetings, whatever we needed to do, uh, and then have the public kind of be able to come in 
and not uh, be jockeying then with uh, quite so much with with everybody else trying to book meetings and whatnot. So I definitely like that. Uh, I think Reed Pop is going to be a, a good partner overall. We, like you said, Ryan, we had talked about how E3 had seemingly hit some struggles, uh, not seemingly, did hit some struggles uh, and needed to kind of redefine itself to find its place again in the landscape, uh, especially given uh, the success of Summer of Games Fest and all that good stuff. Uh, so it will be, it's nice to see that. Uh, I will say as uh, for the public days, um, even though those two days I'm sure will be massively busy and 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 just craziness. Uh, if I was going as a member of the public, I would appreciate that it's just a couple days, a little easier on the wallet to not have to try and book a room for longer because mm. it's already going to be crazy expensive just for those couple days. Uh, so that I I think uh, being more budget conscious is, is helpful uh, and <laughs> just glad to see some more concrete plans come forward. I'm really interested to see how Reed Pop kind of helps shape this into something a little bit different and how it kind of differentiates from some of the other conventions they help run. Yeah, I agree. Elijah, is this, uh, did you feel the absence of E3 this year? Is this, is, is E3 one that, that you follow closely or you're just kind of like, meh? You know, uh, I think in my high school days and middle school and stuff like that, I'd have like those weekend parties with your friends where you get together and you watch all the conferences. And that's back when everything was on one day. Like mm-hmm. I remember like way, way long ago, Sony, Nintendo and Xbox all went on their own, you know, they all went on one day and then eventually, you know, it kind of evolved to have, you know, oh, Xbox went on Sunday and then Nintendo would go on like Tuesday and then Sony, would, you know, so like it kind of split up. And I think the fracturing, I, I think kind of got away from that, like one week of massive news, but to the companies, you know, this is like a, a personal opinion, right? But it's smarter to have like a week to let your stuff breathe, to let there be all these articles written about your stuff before it's bombarded or, you know, uh, buried by other stories about something else from the next showcase that just happened 20 minutes later, right? So mm-hmm. um, I do think like the summer game fest idea in the, the I, GameSpot had those key three shirts last year where it was like E3, but for Jeff Keighley, uh, <laughs> I guess, I guess uh, uh, I, I didn't miss E3 because it was still kind of happening in a sense. And I never went in person and i i worked at com i worked in comic conventions for about 10 years and it was something where um i i love that that public aspect where fans are being themselves but it's interesting that they have that split right where it's like the business days and the public days that you're showing here right and there's that one day the 15th where i guess both groups will be intermingling so i guess um you know someone from ign is going to have to see me in my terrible uh 2b costume you know from here (laughs) (laughs) my cosplay <laughs> like, I love it. That gentleman shouldn't be wearing that. I'd be like, whatever. <laughs> Just getting these jokes off. I didn't know where I was going with that one. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I totally, I totally get that too. Because there, there is that that good mix, and that that is some of what I like about uh, Summer Game Fest is that there is that time to be able to breathe a little bit and you're not just completely hammered with news, 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 news. Um, so, but at the same time, I kind of missed that excitement of news, 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 news. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, you just take one day off of work and you just, yeah, hang out with friends. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping we're able to uh, get out there and and cover this. I think it'd be amazing. I've never had the opportunity to go out there. Um, but yeah, it you know it. Uh, I think that you know again, I I feel that I was wrong in saying I was like, can at one point in time I was like, I don't know that there needs to be an E three. Uh, but the fact that again, there's that emphasis on these industry days, and then you're gonna have these public days as well. I feel is is gonna be huge in their favor. And then Read Pop, they know how to put on conventions. So I've got big expectations for what they have planned. Who knows what they have planned? but I, I think it's going to be uh, awesome, whatever it is that they do. Yeah, we definitely need to be out there next year, Ryan. Uh, just uh, prep the the time off, and uh, who knows, maybe work will help uh, cover the show. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, buddy. On that note, let's take a quick commercial break. We're coming back, speaking with Elijah, Latinx in gaming. We'll be right back, y'all. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to those short messages. And now comes the fun part of the episode. And Elijah, I know you, obviously you do a lot of great work with Iron Galaxy and Latinx and Gaming. Uh, I kind of want to start with Latinx and Gaming uh, because you guys have a couple of great events coming up here in early October. Uh, talk to us about both of them and what can people expect? Oh, my goodness. There's so much to cover. Uh, <laughs> it's happening. It's starting. It's this Friday. Oh, my gosh. It's this Friday. But uh, oh, wow. what's great is that Unidos is our part Twitch telethon, part community spotlight. Uh, it's going to be on the front page of Twitch, which is fantastic. We thank them for partnering with us. But we have a slew of amazing things happening. So um, multiple hours every day, you're going to see deep dives from developers. You're going to see amazing indie games showcasing what they've got. You're going to see different people cooking tamales in Norway because that can be a challenge, right? You're going to see people speed running games. You're going to be checking out things like Resident Evil 4 Randomizer. I mean, there's a lot of content packed in each day. We're going to be releasing those schedules here very shortly. Uh, but really, it's a place for us to showcase all of the talent that is in the community to give them some shine and spotlight on the front page of Twitch. We've got amazing companies sponsoring us, being partners. We're going to have over 100 game codes to give away. There's going to be NZXT uh, PC giveaways, too. Basically, we're incentivizing your donations with awesome, awesome game content. Really, there's a million things that we can dive into. But, but let me give you the biggest fact. It's this Friday. This Saturday, this Sunday, September 30th, October 1st, and October, or sorry, October 2nd. And it's just going to be a blast. There's going to be all different types of gaming from all over the globe, from the Latinx community, from our Latin American friends to our Hispanic friends as well. It's something where I'm really excited about the initiatives that we're doing. It's our primary fundraiser for the year too. So not only are we raising funds for the Latinx and gaming initiatives, be that our scholarships, our grants, getting people to GDC, getting people to TwitchCon, all of that stuff. Um, but it's also uh, helping build out just a lot of different initiatives that we have as a company and things that you can do to donate. And ultimately the two big, and I guess I'll, we haven't, we, we've been talking about this in a few places, but I, I, we haven't talked about this too much publicly. We're raising money for a um, game festival in Peru and it's the first of oh. its kind. There's not many options or items like that. So we're, our goal is to raise 5k for them. And then we also have a goal to raise uh, 5k for an esports team in North Carolina. So more details on all of that, but 
our goal for the weekends to raise 10K and we're going to support these two organizations to help them get the either equipment or the facilities or pay for some of the bill for some of these amazing initiatives that they have. That is amazing. That That is an awesome, awesome uh a goal and and hopefully people can can come in and help you know it's great because you talk about just the variety of content you're gonna have here when you're planning out an event like this and you're getting ready to to celebrate uh everything the culture and, and how it intersects with gaming and like how how are you pulling how are you making decisions on on this schedule it seems like a a pretty daunting task there it is. Yeah, I would say, well, first, it all starts with an open submission form, right? So we let anyone apply. And I think the the maybe some of the content that gets through is some of the stuff that's either the most uh, detailed and fleshed out that they, it's clear that they have an idea of what they want to do. I want to talk about mental empowerment in the games industry, or I want to give people the chance to know how to set up their stream. And like, this is like a full like, hey, take it from beginning to end, how you operate OBS and how you use your cameras and all this stuff to become a streamer, right? This is a panel that's happening in Spanish. And it's our first panel of the day on Friday. And it's something where like, we feel that these kind of things are valuable, right? So it's like having that balance of educational, like things that can help the community, groups we should spotlight, right? Organizations that we want to elevate, right? But then also it's like, hey, we also want to have some hype. We want to have some fun, right? We want to see the silly that we have. So like people are playing Valorant, right? People are playing Splatoon. You want to be a little conscious of what's popular right now, whether it be with Cult of the Lamb and we're partnering with Devolver Digital, they're giving us codes, but we're going to play the game too. Or with Ubisoft, they're going to be giving out some codes and we're going to play Riders Republic, right? There's a lot of different things where we try to have that synergy. Last year we had Xbox show up and they talked about how Horizon is set in Mexico, right? They had the lead designer there and that person didn't have Hispanic heritage, but they were able to talk about why the game setting was so enriched by Mexico, right? And then we have Xbox returning this year and they're doing a career panel and they're doing a panel about the people from Hispanic um, origins at the company, right? So it's this thing where I think kind of we want to alternate between having enough educational stuff enough fun things, but it is, it is, it is a hard challenge because, you know, if we get a hundred applications, right, there's only, you know, so many hours in that weekend. So you have mm-hmm. to kind of be picky and choosy. Right. But it's, it's, I think it's about having balance, right? Like uh, someone speed running Celeste and someone speed running Resident Evil are very different. So you probably wouldn't put those back to back, but then you also just want to have people with their community, just playing Valorant, right. You want to have the variety, have some overwatch in there. Right. So it's, it's really about, um, I guess I guess I didn't answer your question too much because it's, it's a very <laughs> difficult challenge, right? You have to just kind of make the call. Um, but, you know, also, I think this is something important too, right? Because we're Latinx in gaming, right? And that means that we're inclusive of, of a lot of genders, right? So having good balance on the representation, not only globally, like, right, from demographic locations, but also backgrounds too, and also from gender as well. So, like, that's a big thing too, that we want to make sure that we're filling this showcase with the types of faces that come from our countries. And, and, you know, for folks that may not be familiar with Latinx and gaming, can you just tell us a little bit more about the organization as a whole and how maybe people that don't know about it would be able to get involved? Yeah, of course. So we have a Discord. You can join it at any time if you want to volunteer your time or join our efforts. But ultimately, there's a few goals. One is to spotlight talent, to help you get your initiatives to different gaming companies because we have connections. Many of us are in the industry Um, I would say that all of us have full-time jobs and we're dedicating and donating our time um, so that we can help build roads for people from all underrepresented backgrounds. Of course, Latinx in our name. So we do have more Latin and Hispanic, you know, initiatives, right? But our event that we do every summer called Conexion, and this is something where 
we partner with all of the studios in the industry and we bring them diverse talent from different backgrounds, right? And we have them have a chance to speak with recruiters from these companies. And uh, many of us are all over the industry and we're doing what we can to share our connections and to share our initiatives um, with the uh, higher ups and the awesome, incredible people that we work with, all the talented creatives we work with in the industry, but then also hey, can you donate your time to do a portfolio review, a resume review? Can we do an on-site networking event? Because this person might be able to find the person that's going to help them get to the job that they want to get to. But I'd say we play nice with all the other organizations in our area too, like Gameheads is a group we love working with um, a lot. There's been like this rise of um, employee resource groups, ERGs at different companies as well. So we're partnering with them as much as we can. But I mentioned that event, Conexion, right? And it's something where we connect people at a recruiting event. Essentially, there's, you know, portfolio reviews, there's resume reviews, there's mentor obsessions, and then there's also speak to some recruiters and hopefully get game jobs. But that's open to all backgrounds. It's not just people who are Hispanic or Latinx. Everyone from every underrepresented background is allowed to apply and to be a part of that process. So um, for us, it's about building roads because those roads don't always exist, right? Whether it's genera- uh, generationally, you don't have the money, you don't have the skill sets, the funds, you know, you, you didn't even know that gaming was an option for you as a career, right? And it doesn't mm-hmm. always take school. A lot of the times you need that degree. Some other times you, you know, you might not need it as much on in different areas, right? But I think when people think about games, they think like, oh, I need to have art skill or engineering skill, right? Programming skill, design skills, right? But there's plenty of disciplines in the industry that don't use any of those specific skills, right? You could be on a communications team doing social media, branding work, program work. You could be a producer managing schedules and getting people connected, right? You could be in the operations side. You could be on the IT side. You could be like me on the HR side. If you just care about people and you want to make them be supported and helped, right? So there's a lot of avenues for people from all underrepresented backgrounds to be in games. And it's just really about, you know, putting that hand up, going to those events, you know, those networking events, or, you know, just asking for help, right? And just trying to get yourself in that room. And our organization is all about helping people get in that room. How long long have you been with Latinx? So uh, it's funny. I uh, I started uh, working with them last year because of uh, the Conexion recruiting event. And then I've started just volunteering and donating my time to different, different initiatives. So I helped out with Conexion uh, to almost a, a year and a half ago or more. And then um, I then volunteered for Unidos last year. And my company had a spotlight there that I was really excited about. And then uh, I helped out with Conexion uh, this year or was a, a participating uh, vendor from Iron Galaxy and then also helped program manage for Unidos this year too. So uh, a little over a year and a half I've been donating time, but ultimately I think it's a really worthy effort. And honestly, we've only really been around. Unidos has been here for three years now. So this is the third year that we're um, kind of uh, really kind of showcasing on Twitch there. I love that. Sorry. So, so I, I'm just wondering, uh, especially uh, now in in this day and age, um, and having that kind of representation uh, throughout, you know, and you, you're as you were saying, uh, Elijah, in all kinds of different uh, areas within gaming. How much of an influence uh, do you think that's having on other people? You know, I, I know for me, um, I, I really got. You know, I I don't know. I I felt I felt great uh, playing Deathloop. Probably one of my I said it was my game of the year uh, last year. You didn't have and you don't have a lot of black protagonists. So like I was really for myself. You know, I saw myself 
in this character. Uh, how much do you guys, or how do you think, uh, you know, within your guys, uh, people that are developing games and things like that, uh, just having that influence and being able to show uh, this side and be able to bring this side out in the gaming and industry? Yeah, I think it's really paramount and super important. And this is, I, I think, been this is not just a games thing, right? It's a thing across all of media, whether it's there being more inclusive faces in the MCU, right? Or in different spaces in Lord, in Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, right? Um, I, I think that having more representation is super important. So I'm going to use a game example like you did mm-hmm. too, right? So uh, I think uh, there's a tendency for everyone to call Miles Morales Black Spider-Man, right? And he's mm-hmm. black, but he's also Puerto Rican, right? And in Miles Morales, this is like just a personal opinion of mine. Like I had never seen a video game have such a diverse set of people just like having dinner. And like, for me, it was this mm-hmm. weird thing. I was like, oh, wow, they're just like allowed to exist and not be like, like I, I don't know, like in, in like when I saw that dinner scene in Miles Morales and it was just so many different diverse people in a room just eating dinner and like celebrating Christmas. Like I got really emotional and I still get emotional just thinking about it because it was like one of those first times where you're like, oh, wow, like you can see yourself in the game, right? So you playing Deathloop, it's the same thing, right? Like I think that people are just so inspired by voices or stories that are like their own or that they can empathize with. And it means so much to not just have someone look like, uh, you know, everyone for a while, the guy from like prototype or from uh, what is it? Infamous. Like it was all just that same dude. Bald dude. Every game cover, right? and, it, and it's so funny that like how much all of that stuff uh, means more, right? Whether it's with Aloy um, in, in horizon or just like, just, just the diversity of, of different types of people that are in games is really important. But when you say like, in the games industry, like how, what does that mean? How much is that right? I think having more people in the room, in the, in the conversation, hopefully then there will be more inclusive character design and more inclusive characters across the medium, right? But I think the work all starts with getting more people in the industry. So then naturally it won't be a, like a, well, why is our protagonist from this background XYZ? It's just like, oh, this is a game that would be set in the world that would have people from all backgrounds, right? Like, so mm-hmm. I think that that's something that's growing and changing and, there's a lot of people who have a lot of different opinions about all of the <laughs> the changes, but ultimately, I think uh, I'm really happy with the direction and the, um, the the changes that I've seen. And I do think it starts with there being um, more people just being in the conversation from different backgrounds, and it not just being all the same types of people in the writers room, in the pitch room, and whatever it is. You know, and obviously Latinx is doing great things, helping uh, to educate and lift people up to to make their way into the games industry there. Uh, do you find something that people come in with that they that might be one of the biggest challenges or, or the biggest hurdle that they have to overcome? Because I know, obviously, especially when you're new to the games industry, it, it can seem overwhelming there. So do you see stuff, common themes that... Uh, if somebody's interested to, to maybe might help them get over that fear uh, to even, you know, dip their toes in to see what's out there for them. Yeah. And, and uh, I, there's an engineer who I work with who will probably would probably speak to this better, but it's essentially asking too many questions and not asking enough questions really. And I'll start on the not asking enough questions, right? So when you're not asking enough questions, you're finding yourself getting bogged down, stuck in the same areas. But I think a lot of people either have that imposter syndrome or they don't want to seem like they don't know something and they won't reach out for help because they're afraid to look less than someone else. And it's a bad yeah. thing to communicate that. But what you do is you end up wasting valuable, and I, I'm going to say valuable company time, but essentially like what I what I mean is that like you're wasting time if you would have simply just asked a quick question, then you could move on and get your tasks done 
uh, on time. And then getting tasks done on time is something that is really a benefit to you, right? You need to kind of become an expert in making estimates on how much your work is going to take if you're an engineer, an artist, or a designer, right? But um, so asking not enough questions is if you're getting stuck in the same areas, if you find yourself frequently being laid on tasks, you're not asking enough questions. You're not being humble enough to say to yourself, you know, I don't know everything because you just got into the games industry, right? You're not supposed to know everything. I'm sure that there are people who are senior developers who don't know everything. They're still going to Stack Overflow and Googling things on C++ <laughs> problems, right? Like at every level, you're, you're we're always all growing and learning every day. So the first thing is having that humility and communicating with your team. Because if you don't communicate that you're stuck on something and you don't ask or reach out because you're worried about someone thinking that you're less than or that you don't know um, or that you're not a fit for the job and having that imposter syndrome, um, you're, you can put yourself behind and then you putting yourself behind could put the team behind, right? So if you're frequently communicating early and often um, about when things rise up, like, you know, you can spend the time Googling, right? Like maybe take 30 minutes to an hour Googling, trying to fix it on your own, right? Maybe maybe an hour is too much, but it's this thing where like, yeah, you can spend that time and kind of invest and try and Google something, but then ultimately it's going to save you and everyone in the process more time if you do have that humility and you can reach out about something that someone might just know, like, oh, put this comma here, or put this colon, whatever it is, and it could be something design or art related to, right? So that's the not asking uh, enough questions. The asking too many questions, I think a lot of people will tell you, you can't ask too many questions. But when I think you can ask too many questions is if you've asked a question, it's been answered and you ask again, right? Like <laughs> if you've already received the answer to that question and then you ask it again, that's when you're doing yourself a bad thing. And I think a lot of people will like answer this question, just be like, oh, or like, like when you walk up to someone and they're just, they like have a sigh of a reaction of you reaching out to them <laughs> or if you're not getting communication answers like very quickly, right? Like that's kind of the thing. But like, yeah, if someone gives you an answer, you need to process it. You need to take it in. You need to like, and if, and if, when you get that answer, if you still don't understand it, you can ask for more context and follow up. But ultimately, if you get an answer, you shouldn't be asking that same thing again, repeatedly, repeatedly, because that's too many questions. So yeah, that's kind of the, like I said, um, you, you were asking, like, you know, like, what's kind of the common pitfalls, someone entering the industry and stuff like that. I think this applies to almost any job, like in tech, in games, and in a lot of places. Uh, obviously, uh, also with Latinx and gaming, we've, you've got another great event. Your guys' first mobile game jam coming up here in October. Uh, can you talk about how that kind of came about and uh, what uh, what people can expect from that coming up here soon? You know, I would tell everyone to take a look at it because there are some fantastic details. There uh -huh. are some fantastic prizes. Uh, Elaine set that all up, uh, and it's, of course with the big homies over at Riot. So, you know, I'll let them speak for themselves. They, they, they're, they're doing, this, this is really cool that they're doing this. And it, it's something where like, I just, I just love kind of the, the, just everything about it. I'm just a huge, huge fan. So I would say that the, the details are all up on our thing. It has the theme, it has the full dates, it has the parameters, all of that. So please check that out. This is for everyone. Uh, this is something that's like really, really, really exciting. Um, and I think, I think, game jams we've always kind of dabbled in a little bit and this is like really us kind of taking that next step in the game jam space kind of leveling up in a sense uh in my mind um and man i just i just love the idea of game jams because of what can come from them that uh the next indie game could just be made from someone being like yeah i want to make a game with a squirrel who gets fatter when he eats nuts and it's a platformer right like i just i don't know like <laughs> that's that's mine by the way someone's going to steal that and he said as they eat it gets fatter 
platformer. <laughs> For folks that don't that may not know exactly what a game jam is, can you can you explain that? Yeah, yeah. A game jam usually has uh, a small parameter of time. So this could be anywhere from, um, you know, two weeks to two months. And typically what you do is you have a small team, a team of maybe one to three to five to ten. And you all kind of make a quick little prototype for a game or a quick rough feature idea or something like that with the hopes of then getting that funded. Uh, by the company that's potentially putting on the game jam. Now, sometimes game jams are just for uh, students or educational folks. Just keep those skills sharp. It's really good to work with uh, different disciplines, right? And what I mean by that is like, if you're an engineer and you're not working regularly with artists and designers, that's something that you should be doing, right? So game jams are really good ways to keep that going. You may have a group of friends from school um, that you could do this with. You may have some some friends that you have, right? Um, just from outside of your schooling that you've just always known, right? But it's really a good way to keep your skill set sharp and then for many game jams um there is some sort of cash prize at the end that's supposed to be devoted or go towards you know full development of this game maybe getting um to alpha or or a higher level of your prototype right and then hopefully pitching that game to publishers and then it being you know made as a real game or maybe this inspires you to just self-publish and make this game on your own because you liked it but i think what's really cool is that game jams usually have like a theme or parameters and um you know it's like hey make a game that has this this and this and then those creative challenges i think is a really fun puzzle because it does put you into a box and then maybe you'll develop a, de- a feature or a design or something that you normally wouldn't have right like if you're a group that usually makes like racing type games and you have to make a platformer well then maybe you're going to learn some skills on the platforming side that could help your racing game right like so it, it, i think it's beneficial it's just like a, an exercise yeah, I, I love, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like those like 48 hour film festivals and things like that where you'll, exactly. they'll give you, yeah, those like certain parameters and it kind of makes you almost step outside of your box to meet the criteria. And then you're also not only that, but then it's also great to be able to, I know there's a lot of people that, or especially some folks that are just getting into it or looking into, uh, you know, game development or something of that nature that then are getting to work with other people uh, as part of a team and get to see a different side. And like you're saying, they they may learn some skills that they didn't have before. Uh, so it's really important. I, I love the fact that there's those opportunities uh, to be able to do that stuff. Game jams rule. <laughs> And obviously, you do great work with Iron Galaxy uh, as as a recruiter there. Uh, can you kind of talk about what got you into recruiting, what you like about it, and maybe talk about you know are, are there things that stand out to you when you are looking for open positions that that you know regardless of it's gaming or, or any other industry there that people can do to kind of help stand out in, in, amongst a sea of applicants. You are correct. There is a sea <laughs> of applicants at almost all times. So. Okay, let's start. I'll go. I guess yeah, I'll go in order then. Okay, so um, how did I get to Iron Galaxy? Like the origin story, getting the games, kind of that kind of stuff. So uh, I worked in conventions for many, many years. Uh, like I said, right around ten years, and then the pandemic happened, and my industry disappeared overnight. So I pivoted. I figured out what I had really been doing um, with event management um, or being a kind of showrunner for cons was part social media management, part brand management, part production, part you know schedule managing, all that kind of stuff. So I pivoted into kind of the communication side of the uh, different industries, right? So the first thing I did was I found a bunch of indie games on Instagram and on Twitter that I liked. I reached out to them and asked if I could volunteer my time to either run their PR campaign leading into their um, launch 
or if I could work on social media, if I could grow their followers on Twitter or on Instagram, if I could like clip out gameplay footage and kind of show off their game in creative ways. I started working with uh, some indie game companies on that. And then that pivoted and turned into real work with uh, an independent developer. And uh, what I would say is that if you're looking for like that first little foot in the door or a part-time gig, just to get any one credit so that you can get to that next thing, right? Um, Work with indies is a really great uh, place to do that. They definitely have like a lot of those like maybe more entry-level roles or roles that could potentially lead to that first gig. And then they also, there's a place called Hitmarker that is really good for that too. Hitmarker has a lot of like remote part-time, full-time, just like limited contract things too. Because I know that none of us want to be on like that limited contract, but in some cases just having any credit is better than no credit, right? So um, that's what I'd say to kind of um, pursue because yeah, I helped uh, launch an indie game uh, into Game Pass called Rain on Your Parade. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, you play as a jerk cloud and you ruin people's days. It's <laughs> super silly. Um, I was credited as Eli Montoya, not Elijah Montoya. And my mom got mad. She's like, why didn't you put your full name in this? <laughs> and I'm like, so like, it's not that deep. I go by Eli at work. Like it's, it's this ridiculous thing. My mom, my mom's ridiculous. Um, but uh, so then uh, doing any games led me to apply to Iron Galaxy. I actually picked Iron Galaxy over uh, different uh, video game jobs. And it was really down to the people that I met. Uh, I actually applied to be a community manager and the re- lead recruiter there, he got me on the line and he was just like, hey, you know, would you be open to joining my team? And I was like, oh, well, I've never really done recruiting before, but that's essentially what managing a convention is. It's part uh, networking and it's part sales and you're working with security teams and limo companies and agents and celebrities and managers and cosplayers and vendors and sponsors and all this stuff. So you're essentially um, managing relationships and getting people what they need and trying to make all sides happy. So that's a lot of what recruiting is. And um, uh, I'd say that I, I really love it. I've been with Iron Galaxy closing in on two years now. So we're, we're getting close to that two year mark and I uh, couldn't be happier with the decision. Um, and there's a myriad of reasons that I can give you why Iron Galaxy is great. But I think the main one that I will say is that it's a company um, in, in maybe a lot of places in tech. You'll see um, a lot of like bullet points on the website that say that they care about X, Y, and Z, right? And with Iron Galaxy, I guess the biggest compliment I can pay them is that I've seen us deliver on all of those bullet points. I've seen you know leadership pick us over the easy thing many times, right? Or like pick the staff over money, money, you know? And Mm -hmm. it's so silly to say, like, I feel like I'm not a cog in a wheel or statistic, like I felt in other industries before, insurance, retail, comic conventions, right? You just feel like you're kind of a a part of the the going through the motions. And at Iron Galaxy, I feel like a truly a person. I know our leadership team can hear us and listens to us. We have these feedback tools that everyone does every week. And it's this great thing where um, I know that everyone's voice will be heard and counted at the studio. And I've seen us grow a lot in my time with the company. And I'm really excited for the future. And I'm really excited for us to keep growing more. Uh, People like Rumbleverse, which is great, it seems. I'm really happy (laughs) about that. It's fun. Uh, It's so great to see like the player base like go from like uh like kind of good at the game to like really good at the game and it's so hard mm-hmm. to not get stomped down these matches <laughs> so it's so much fun to see that evolution but yeah i'm, I'm just a, a big fan of iron galaxy in general and then okay last part of your question then was just about like things to kind of stand out so there's a few things that we can get into here right but i think one of the first things to know is that like it's not that any of the hr professionals behind the scenes are looking to disrespect your time 
or, you know, be rude to you. But it's a volume thing, just kind of like you alluded to, right? Like there's a lot of people applying, um, you know, I mean, I'm talking like in two weeks, we get 400 applications for some of these like entry level Ooh. roles, right? And then if we leave them up for longer, we get closer to a thousand, right? So it's, it's very competitive out there. What I would tell you is apply early, have your stuff ready to go um, with your resume, make it one page as possible, make it easy for someone to read because statistically, and this is just based off of the volume of applications that a lot of places are going to get, someone will spend a minute and a half to two minutes re reviewing your resume and maybe a minute on the portfolio, right? But you got to make this stuff easy for the HR professional reviewing it, but then you also need to make it also draw in the hiring manager from like engineering or from art or design or IT, right? You have to not only speak to the, the language of the department that you're applying for, but you also have to uh, make it easy, readable, and legible for someone to get through, right? So wall of text is not where it's at, but you can help someone find a fit for you, right? So let's say a lot of places have what they call knockout questions, which would be, um, do you have this many years of this skill X or have you shipped this many titles or have you been in the industry for this many years, right? Those are typically knockout questions. We, we don't typically have a ton of those at Iron Galaxy, but a lot of companies do have them. So if, if it's a thing where you're at answering yes or no, then you answer no, that might put you in their automatic rejection pile and you might get just a rejection in a certain amount of time, right? But if you give context to someone in your resume, so let's say, and I'm, this is a hypothetical, right? Like let's say the hypothetical bar for years of a skill is three years. And then you mm -hmm. on your resume list that skill, right? Oh, I, I have a skill for C++ or Unreal or Unity or whatever, whatever it is, Maya's uh, Substance Painter, any of these things that could be your technologies or skills that you might list. And you have like 2.5 years or 2.8 years of that skill. You should probably put that context instead of putting like for as an engineer, let's say you dabble in GarageBand and in Photoshop, well, an engineer is probably not using that too much in their day-to-day -day work at the studio. So maybe put relevant skills and then give context to those relevant skills, right? Like, hey, 2.5 years of C++, right? Oh, well, if my imaginary bar is three years, but everything else on your resume is a, a, a fit and you're almost there on the, the, the skill side, you're giving that door, you know, that crack open, right? You're giving yourself a way for me to screen you into the, into the process and not out of the process. So the same thing applies to the portfolio too. It's basically, hey, is uh, did you put the link in your application? Did you put like the actual place that you want me to see? Because you can't guarantee I'm going to have time to click around to every page, right? Right. Is the thing you actually want me to see your most recent thing or the thing you're most proud of? Is it at the bottom of that page? Does that person have enough scrolls in their thumb to get all the way down there? So basically, wherever they land, try to overload with as much. And like when I say overload, I don't mean like be tacky. I mean like you know, <laughs> if you want someone to see your about me, then put that on the right. Do two do columns, right? And if you want them to see your most recent game prototype, then put that on the left and then give context and have those screenshots of the back end with your blueprints and all this other stuff, right? But you want to kind of like right away, as soon as I get to the page and I land, you, I need to see what you want me to see. And everything in that portfolio needs to support whatever your headline is, whether it's programmer, uh, game level designer, whatever it is, everything in your resume and in the portfolio needs to be a pillar that supports uh, that that headline or that title. It needs to build it up. And the last thing I'll say is please put your email in correctly. Read it 15 <laughs> times and make sure your email's in there correctly because there's nothing more annoying than me trying to reach out to someone because I do want to hire them and their email bounces because it's wrong. <laughs> oh, it's no. So <laughs> oh. It's so sad and it happens way more oh. than you think. It's so sad. That's what, terrible. What a way to take yourself out of contention. Right? That, let also, me ask. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, go, go ahead, ahead, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, don't make your cover letter the speech from Taken. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did somebody do I'm that? I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Yeah, that's yeah, great. <laughs> but like, instead of like kill, it was like hire, get hired or something like that. Oh, that's fantastic. Let me let me ask one last question for myself. Please. Yeah. Being in the, the gaming industry, is this something that you were always working towards or is it something that just, you know, as you were going through stuff, you're, you're getting older and, and, and doing things, you're like, hey, here's an opportunity. Let's see what this is all about. Oh, I've been doing features and ideation for games since I was in sixth grade. So this was always the hope, but I didn't like many people feel like I had a pathway there when I was growing up. It was like, hey. Um, you should join the military. That's what my mom wanted me to do, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe some of my family members wanted me to become a mechanic. So I didn't see this pathway for me. Um, but what I did was I kind of just uh, tried to go into rooms where I was passionate about the thing I was working on. And I did luck out. My story is not the same story that everyone will have. There is a lot of failure and strife and rejection and not getting what you want along the way. I've interviewed with a bunch of major tech companies that were like, I got to the final round, they flew me out and then it just fizzled out. And then there were other places that I interviewed with that weren't a fit for me and they gave me an offer and Iron Galaxy is where I landed and I couldn't be happier about it. But yeah, games is always what I wanted to do. Um, and I'm doing a portion of it and I really get to, to kind of love and see the background of games and what's happening too. So I'm learning a ton and uh, yeah, I don't need to do the glamorous part of game dev. I just want to be a part of the cool process. So yeah, this is, this is where I always wanted to be. Perfect. Perfect. I, you know what? I, I almost, we got to have you back on just to talk about career stuff because one thing you just brushed over there is, is, you know, when turning down a job offer that's not right for you is one of the hardest things I think I found uh, in my life. Cause there's always that desire of like, but they offer me like, this has to be like it. like, this is the next mm-hmm. step. And, and like just being true to yourself and knowing really where you want to go uh, both career-wise and from like a culture fit, uh, I think it's something that that people tend to overlook. And yeah, we got to have you back on because I feel like we could go down that rabbit hole for for a long time there. But I just wanted weeks, to say that that is weeks, right? Right. <laughs> that, that, I just want to say that's a powerful thing you just said there to know what you need and and stay true to that, even if it means saying no. Yeah, trust your gut. Yep, absolutely. Elijah, again, tell us what is coming up for Latinx and gaming. Lay it on us, brother. Ooh, man, this weekend, September 30th, October 1st, and October 2nd. That's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We've got the Unidos Game Stream. It's our main charity fundraiser. We are a nonprofit 501c3 organization. But what's great about all of this is there's game code giveaways. There's speed runs. There's spotlights. People are making tamales in Norway. I'm so excited for that one. You have no idea. I don't know where you find all the ingredients. Uh, but it's it's, it's, it's going to be a great celebration during Hispanic Heritage Month with our partners. Uh, thank you so much to Twitch for putting us on the front page for that. But you're going to see a bunch of talent. You know, it costs you $0 to follow someone, to retweet someone. So please, if you have the time, if you have the energy uh, and the effort, please go support some of the initiatives and some of the amazing creatives you're going to see coming up. There's also going to be developers there talking about what it takes to be in games and how you can get there too. So some great advice you can soak up. But ultimately, um, I just... I'm so excited that we have a platform to show off all the talent in our community. And I would love to raise some funds so that we can get more people, more amazing things too, right? Scholarships, grants. We want to get into GDC, into TwitchCon and 
fun, more amazing events like Unidos and like Conexion are recruiting events. So yeah, that's it. That's the jam. Follow it. Uh, Twitch TV, dot game, whatever. I don't know. You, the link was up there. I'm glad next in games. Twitch.tv. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll be checking it out. Um, and, and again, it's going to be a fantastic event. Lots of stuff going on. Elijah, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it, my friend. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me at the LAN parties here. Absolutely. Lucas, uh, what do you got going on this weekend, my friend? I am still on that Splatoon 3 grind. I I uh, I can't tell you how much I love this game so far. I can't tell you. It's so amazing. So just with that, hopefully watching uh, the Packers take home another W against the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> probably not getting as much work done around the house as I should. What about yourself? <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it's tough because uh, I'm heading out next week uh, for TwitchCon and then next week's also my birthday. So I think we might do some birthday celebrating uh, this coming up weekend. I've got a busy week this week, so it's going to be nice just to relax and kind of get back into. All right. It's not a super grindy week, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and, and other than that, gaming wise, you already know Destiny 2 probably do some more modern warfare too and uh if the breakers is still available i'm gonna try to get some of that in i did beat live alive uh i've been playing that on switch absolutely fantastic game i i loved it it was really it it was just a fun uh jrpg game that i've never played before so uh if, if you're looking into something like that live alive uh i highly recommend it again guys thank you so much for joining us don't forget hit us up on the tweeters at land parties pod at lucas agate or at smitty 2447 we hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week and you already know what it is we love your faces